1: Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com NFL. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the week four Prime Points show here on Roto Grinders. Uh, we have some new faces in some new places. Both Graham uh, and uh, oh my goodness, Jake uh, are feeling a little under the weather today. So instead of calling up like the interns and going going down the rungs, we went we went up the ladder. We got Scott Barrett uh, back on the show. Scott, we used to do the show together. Uh, from a previous employer from Pro Football Focus. this was many, many, seems like many, many, many years ago. Uh, now you're over at Fantasy Points. Uh, very, very happy to have you back on the show today Scott.
2: I'm happy to be back. I, I missed you, Brett. this is this is this is exciting.
1: Yeah, it's a, a throwback to some good times we used to have. And we have uh, Mr. Uh, data Science as well. Chris Weck uh, from Fantasy Points, uh, just uh, had an inter- very interesting tweet storm earlier on a whole bunch of uh fun statistics. We're getting into some of those in just a, b- a bit, but uh Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everybody what you do over at fantasy points.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Brett. Uh, yeah. Like you said, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like the chief data analyst for fantasy points. I do a lot. I do everything from charting uh, the football. I watch pretty much every game, every week, charting it, recording all this data. And then I pretty much, Manage how all that data gets processed and then powers a lot of the awesome stuff on our on our data suite that you guys talk about every week. And, uh, you know, of course, dabble in some DFS and betting stuff because, I mean, what's the point of getting all this awesome data if you're not going to make some money off of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, imagine working for, uh, you know, roto grinders or fantasy points, not playing DFS if you're available in one of the sports betting states, uh, jamming bets in left and right, uh, playing the fantasy pick them all that. Yeah, you, you have to be able to do that, right, Chris?
3: Of course.
1: Uh all right. So uh Chris, I just mentioned uh some of your tweets. Let's pull this up on the screen share. Uh for those of you watching on YouTube, either live or on replay. If you're listening on podcasts, uh you can check all this stuff out on uh Chris's uh Twitter feed that is at Chris Wecht uh W E C H T F F. Uh you'll be able to follow him over there. Uh, but we've pulled up pass rate over expectation. Chris, I see a lot of bars, I see a lot of green dots. Uh I don't know. I'm not the most uh, data analytics person here. What are we looking at? Looks like some very interesting stuff.
3: Yeah. So pass rate over expectation is something I like to look at every single week. I think pretty much everybody should. It tells us a lot about what teams think of their offenses and how they might treat different game situations. So the bars are just the the season total, What where they're at in terms of pass rate over expectation. So the more positive they are they're they're more often passing when they when history says they not don't necessarily have to and the more negative are means they're not passing enough when they probably should be passing more uh, and then the green dots are just the most recent week just to give an idea of where the the most recently compared on to their season total so a couple things to point out here i do i don't think i've ever made this chart and seen only like 10 teams in the negative range usually it's like closer to 50-50 so the league as a whole is definitely being more pass happy, um, at least so far this season. A couple of teams that stand out to me that made kind of big changes: the Panthers, getting into that twelve and a half percent range, uh, pulling them. That's way more pass heavy they've been. And we, and well, they have a competent
2: QB now, correct? Right,
3: exactly. So that's notable. They're they're probably a team that is going as long as Andy Dalton is is being is the quarterback. They're probably going to pass more than they were with Bryce Young um the cowboys in a trailing game scenario were a pretty negative pr roe which is a little surprising mm-hmm. uh multiple receiving between cd De- brandon cooks michael gallup jake ferguson tony pollard out of the backfield that's a lot of receiving talent to not really be utilizing uh same can be said for the lions they were they were positive this week but negative on the season is is not really great especially for um Amon Ross St. Brown he's had a good year but like him being taking that next step into the top five wide receiver range Jameer well, he's Gates.
2: hurt now all, all of the fantasy football twitter injury experts uh, speculate he's suffered uh, a turf toe injury the week before last and that's typically an injury where uh, you don't return to baseline levels of production until four
3: weeks after the fact Yep. Yeah. So that, yeah, that could be partly while that, why they're playing the way that they are, they are winning games though. So I I wouldn't really expect them to make a hard shift the other way. Um, But yeah, so those are three of the major ones that stood out to me.
2: Um, The team that stood out to me, I'd say would be uh, the Patriots. uh, So second worst last week, but heading into the week, uh, Mac Jones, what ranked first or or second and in total pass attempts, Uh, New England's, pacing the league and situation neutral pace of play. Uh, So situations where, where they are being forced to pass, I I think there is going to be underrated value in some of these pass catchers. Kendrick Bourne, Devonte Parker, Hunter Henry that I think, uh, DFS players are sleeping on, but yeah, like as a general rule, like what are the, what do they want to do? Like ideally they control game script and they go run heavy and that's easy to do against the Zach Wilson led jet. But I think, uh, most weeks they're going to be trailing and that's, that's really good news. Like I said, for, for some of these pass catchers, uh, Ramondre Stevenson is, is a player who does better in negative game script, um, and, you know, like Bill O'Brien is like a massive upgrade over Matt Patricia, who was calling offensive plays last year. You, you remember Deshaun Watson with Bill O'Brien. He was top six in fantasy points per game every single year, and now he does not look good at all. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think that's an underrated offense. You, you know, teams are going to look at the averages, but really it's, it's sort of a situation where um, – if they're expected to win like against a quarterback like Zach Wilson, just avoid it. But if they could be forced to pass, I think there's underrated upside there.
1: Yeah. And uh if you want to check out anything else from Chris's tweets, uh you can get that at Chris Weck. That's W E C H T F F. You'll be able to find out not just this chart, uh, but many others along with some, uh, very, I went through your Twitter today, Chris, uh, some very, just a uh, full, of, full of data stuff, uh, a very nice, uh, fantasy football follow Chris,
2: life. Chris is a superstar. He's, he's legitimately yeah. one of the most brilliant minds in the industry because not only is his data game as good as mine, but he's also our best film charter. Like he's brilliant when it comes to, and like, that's such a dangerous combination. Whereas for me, you know, like, I, I don't know that this is cover three or covered seven or whatever uh, you know, Chris knows all that valuable X's and O's stuff. So it's such a dangerous combination when you're really sharp with data as well.
1: Yeah. Give Chris a follow. Uh, you won't be sorry for it. Uh, Scott, I want to go to uh, a tweet you had sent out. You've been a very, very busy man, uh, over at the, uh, fantasy points today. So let's talk about your, this team. is all
2: like background for my article. Like I am writing an article that's like I don't know, 20,000 words or whatever. And some things are just easier to put out in tweet form and then, you know, screenshot that then, you know, just write a bunch of words on.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot to choose from here. You want to talk about uh, expected fantasy point market share when leading, when trailing, Uh, what are some interesting points? Cause these are, you know, very game script dependent possibly as well. If there's blowouts, we might want to use this a little bit more. If teams are, if the game's going to be close uh, we can, Take advantage of the information either way what's standing out to you
2: yeah so um this is team xfp market share so xfp is expected fantasy points which is this broad bucket uh stat to measure a player's volume it looks at air yards and targets and carries and inside the 10 carries and inside the 10 targets and end zone targets just captures all that into one score and so Tyler Algier handles 43% of all of the fantasy volume when Atlanta's leading. So in games where you think Atlanta's going to win or lead most of the time, he is an excellent play. But if you look down, he's 37th when Atlanta's trailing. He's basically unplayable. So when, if there ever is a game where Atlanta's favored by six points, he is going to be an amazing DFS play. The exact same thing is true for Brian Robinson. And the exact same thing has been true for Kenneth Walker for a long time now. Over Seattle's last five victories, their RB1 averages 20 20.8 fantasy points per game that would have ranked second best last year. Um, and so this just t- speaks to um, a player being game script sensitive. Like we know that's the case with Derrick Henry. He's unplayable in losses for the most part. And in victories, you know, he's a potential slate wrecker. And that's especially true this year with Tajay Spears, you know, outsnapping him in each of the team's two losses. Then you have some running backs who are more capable pass catchers than they are runners. So Ramondre Stevenson does a little bit better in negative game script. Austin Eckler historically does as well. Uh, but just the big takeaway here is next time you see Washington atlanta or kenneth walker favored hammer that when it's when it's by a substantial more margin it's not just within you know plus or minus 2.5 um and then you know negative game script you can
1: easily avoid those players washington going to be favored I, 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 know. I haven't checked the schedule Scott, but we might not be able to use that all season well, long well, that's why that's why i faded
2: uh brian robinson and in, in redraft leagues all year and I, I, I was a little scared, you know, those first two weeks, but
1: yeah. What do you think of Kenneth Walker? Uh, we'll talk about this. So uh, this is basically my best bet of the week. Uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit now. I think the books have this game wrong. Seattle's plus one and a half. Absolutely ridiculous going uh, against New York. New York has no juice in my opinion. I know they're going to get a couple of people back. Um, what do you, what do you think about him? Maybe a snap share with Charbonnet this week. How, how would we play Walker in DFS? That is crazy to me.
2: I just yeah, looked it yeah. up. I can't believe that's right. This is the first thing I bet. Yeah, this enough. was the same thing last week. The Jets opened as 2.5 point favorites and then it moved to uh, the Patriots as 2.5 point favorite. And I'm like, this was, it was minus
1: 1.5 Seattle and someone out there decided. Let's flip it. And now it's plus one
2: and a half. CF. that's inc- that's cr- that's unbelievable. Um, Yeah, I would I would put this at like three point five point favorites for the Seahawks. You know, maybe this is just like a trap that, you know, it always feels like that when uh, you're so convicted. Vegas has it wrong. But yeah, uh, how I see this playing out. Yeah, I think uh, I think this would be a good Kenneth Walker game unless, Absolutely. of course, Vegas is right, in which case, uh, you know, maybe Gino and, and the pass catchers.
1: It's not Vegas. It's the someone else somewhere makes the lines and then every other sports book copies it across the, right. the entire continental United States of America. Uh, all right. So there's a couple of tweets from Scott, from Chris. Uh, you probably already follow Scott. Uh, he's got a bajillion followers, but Chris definitely could use a few more. Uh, all right. So those were a couple of our takeaways. Uh, What I want to do now is maybe talk a little bit more DFS with you guys specifically. So I'm going to bring up our our lineup HQ. Uh, It's Tuesday. We don't know the weather. I did give it. It's Tuesday. I gave a quick peek at the weather. It looks like it might be okay uh, for for week four in general. You never really know. Uh, But what exactly are we going to do in DFS this week? And I've got a couple of basic questions for you guys, probably more so at both the running back and wide receiver position and Chris I'm going to go to you because I was going through some of these and uh, I was on our crunch time show right before lock and I said you couldn't make a lineup without Justin Jefferson or Tyreek Hill because they give you such uh, access to the absolute insane amount of fantasy points but I think we have even some cheaper options this week that could possibly get us there so we've got Jefferson I'm going to group these together for you Chris Jefferson Tyreek Hill Stephon Diggs against Miami in what could be a shootout game. You've got Devontae Adams, who's just going berserk. This is against the Chargers. We've got Keenan Allen now, who uh, not only is he catching, what, 17 times a game, but he's throwing touchdowns. And we've got Jamar Chase in this short yardage PPR bonanza goldmine of a situation with Joe Burrow right now um, going up against the Tennessee Titans how do we dice this up i mean these are some of this is the most spectacular high-end wide receiver has been this year what are the best two plays early in the week out of these because it is very hard to separate these guys
3: yeah i mean i think i think that is kind of where you draw the line this week you you feel like you want minimum one if not two of those guys in a lineup in every single lineup you build um it And man, it, it, I, it'll be interesting to see how ownership breaks out, and that'll probably drive a lot of my decision-making into how I divvy these guys up. I think that Raiders-Chargers game probably goes the most overlooked of, the, of these elite guys, and I think it probably shouldn't. I think two bad teams with terrible secondaries, the Chargers just benched G- J.C. Jackson because he was playing so bad um i so keenan allen Devonte adams are two of my favorites and not to mention they're also cheaper and at i mean adams adams is is putting up the same scores we've seen him put up his entire career and it seems like nobody really really cares maybe that'll change this week but he like he there's no reason he should be t- what a, a significantly cheaper than jefferson hill and uh he should be he should be closer to jefferson at least i think tyreek tyreek i think is just on another level this year
2: they literally both just saw 20 targets,
3: right? <laughs> that's, that's not
2: something that, that happens every single week. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm with you. I think Tyreek should be like, let's say 9.6 K. And then Adams and Keenan should be right next to Justin Jefferson, wherever you want to put him. Um, no more Mike Williams. It's going to force the ball even more to Keenan Allen, who's playing out of his mind against two bad secondaries. Um, Yeah, I love it. I'm with you.
1: Uh, Scott, I want to go to you and talk maybe a little bit cheaper wide receivers because I was expecting – I pulled up DraftKings a a couple hours ago looking at the show, and I was expecting to see Tank Dell, Adam Thielen, like 5,700, you know, 5,500. These guys are 4,600. Like, sure, they got the price bump from the low tier, but it's not enough for what we saw out of them last, last week and. You know, with Adam Thielen, he's, he's got a good quarterback. You know, do, do you think Carolina's regretting taking Bryce Young uh, number one right now? Over, You know, staring at Anthony Richardson and saw what he was doing. You're looking at C.J. Stroud and look at how he hasn't thrown a pick, how uh, efficiency he's been, even, you know, with some trailing g- game script. Uh, I mean, could this be like one of the bigger blunders uh, besides taking uh, Trubisky over Mahomes for the Bears?
2: Yeah, halfway through week 2, um someone who's really sharp, uh he, he does a really big NFL draft guide every year. Um he he asked me, "You think if if teams could like redraft today, do you think Bryce Young would go top 15?" And that just sounded like such a crazy, you know, like I mean it's like a, a game and a half we're talking about, but He's really looked bad. He's really looked like he, he kind of doesn't belong. And, you know, on the film, you know, that height kind of really stands out a bit more when you're up against, you know, you're behind NFL offensive linemen <laughs> who are all like six, seven. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, in terms of the the cheap wide receivers, uh, obviously all of the Houston receivers stand out to me with, with Dell far away above the rest. Um I I think that. In, in today's day and age, offensive play callers are starting to matter more than the players to a large extent, where it's just, you have these geniuses who are acting like fear, field generals who are just moving chess pieces around the board. And then the defensive coordinator has to counteract that. And you have to come up with a counter to their counter. And like, if you're Mike McDaniel level genius, you know, you, you could drop 70 points in a game. And I, I, I just think Bobby Slowick is on that level and, and no one else is, is really recognizing it. We were, we were colleagues together back when I was at PFF, everyone talked about him like he was a genius. You know, he, he was a Kyle Shanahan understudy. And, uh, to me, this is like a bottom three, bottom five roster and Stroud looks great. So much better than Bryce Young, um, They're one of the most pass-heavy offenses in football. It's highly concentrated between those three wide receivers. Tank Dell glaringly now, to me, the wide receiver one. um, And like we shouldn't be surprised. CJ Stroud asked the Texans to draft him. uh, So that's clearly his guy. He's he's priced as the wide receiver 39. He ranks 14th in DK fantasy points per game. You can make a case for Collins. His, His volume is slipping but he's the wide receiver 33 by price by price. And he's wide receiver 20 by DraftKings fantasy points per game. And then Robert Woods, he ranks 13th among all wide receivers and targets. He's just 42nd in salary, but yeah, um, tank Dell is going to be absolute mega shock. Um, Josh versus Pal-
1: versus those chargers receivers. Cause we've got Palmer and Quinton Johnson, uh, 4k and 3,700. What's the preference to like, to me, here's here's what I'm thinking on Tuesday. You have one of that chase plus tier. You have one of the Dell and below tier. Maybe you double up. Maybe you have two of those of each, right? Maybe you take two of the top tier, two of the low tier, call it a day, run the wide receiver and the flex. I haven't made a bunch of lineups. We'll talk running backs in a minute that might be able to make that happen. But that's some of my thoughts. How would you dice it up from those Chargers guys?
2: Uh, Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be playing Quentin Johnson. He's barely seen the field following Mike Williams injury. uh, Palmer played 100% of the snaps 11 to Quentin Johnson's four. Quentin Johnson only saw one more snap than Darius Davis. And then not only that, but the chargers like massively jacked up their rate of 12 personnel. It was 30% in the first half. And then it was 63% in the second half. This could just be like a noisy stat, but it also really could just be an indictment on Johnston's NFL readiness. Um, Palmer, I don't think is any good, like for a season long take, I think Quentin Johnson's going to be like a fantasy low end fantasy wide receiver two from weeks 12 and on, uh, but right now, I, I think it's the Josh Palmer show. Again, I, I don't think he's good, but we've seen him be a uh, more than serviceable fantasy asset uh, last year under Joe Lombardi. And now this is a much more potent passing attack more as the offensive play caller. Uh, he's a really good play. Um, Adam Thielen too, although his, his volume kind of hasn't been quite as good as his production has been. And uh, DJ Chark is being banged up and Jonathan Mingo left last week's game early. Uh, he's also like old and dusty. Um, so uh, I would probably put it Dell Palmer feeling. But then if you'd let me you know, go to a, a few other expensive guys, like I think Puka Nakua is must play. He's 6,700. And like, I don't know why we shouldn't just be like, Oh, Cooper cup is 6,700. Hell yeah. Let's play, let's play Cooper cup at 6,700. Uh, and then Jacoby Myers just like ranks right now, top four in every single stat the, the Raiders offense isn't necessarily like one we're excited to to play based on like hyper efficiency or productiveness, like a, a Miami dolphins, but it's the most concentrated offense in football. And given Josh Jacobs struggles, uh, it's really just entirely Devonte Adams and Jacoby Myers. I saw a tweet uh, a couple of minutes ago. That's something like uh, they've accounted for 85% of the team's first read target shares by XFP market share. They rank one and then eight um, uh, Jacoby's top three in both XFP per route run fantasy points per route run. Um, so like really bad job by uh, DraftKings pricing. What is this now? Five guys who like all feel like must, plays to me
1: yeah it's these are all they're all insane matchups too like none of these guys are <laughs> right. it, it's it's right. nuts how, how are we going to choose this this week is going to be very difficult i have to see how the ownership spreads out but i think it's going to be there's not going to be the train right where we're all holding hands in the 25 five dollar double up and uh, a quarter of the field all has the same lineup because i think there's some very very difficult decisions to be made as the week progresses uh chris i'm going to throw to you real quick if you had to pick one of the cheap wide receivers or or two of them
3: uh
1: like, which I, ones would you be going to right I
3: now? really like the Panthers and you like I would be totally fine stacking them up with Dalton Thielen, shark and you can basically spend up everywhere else in your lineup mm. and them playing the Vikings with Dalton at QB they should have no problem paying off their their salaries
1: yeah, it's just going to be a really fun DFS week. for it. Get out your uh, – if you want to win tournaments with 190 fantasy points, probably not going to be able to do it by the time uh, Sunday ends. Uh, okay, so there was a so, – oh, we didn't even talk running backs. Chris, I'm going to stick with you on this one. The uh, I guess – I don't want to say if it's a bad job at pricing, but we're getting legitimate uh, – we'll, we'll coin Scott's term – bell cow running backs – at 6K, left and right this week, there's two at 6K, and I'd argue probably another at 5700. Uh, let's try to figure out which one of these guys is is the must play, which one might be one we might not want to use. But I'll start at DeAndre Swift, 5700. If you look at the snaps overall and the attempts, it sort of looks, you know, like a split with Gainwell. But if you did, you know, I was doing this before the show. I was in the fantasy points data tool. Uh, Swift was done by the end of the third quarter, and Kenny mm-hmm. Gainwell got all the work in the fourth quarter. So, Swift looks like not a true every down running back, but he's getting the majority of the work here going up against Washington. Uh, you've got Kyron Williams and Zach Moss as well, uh, going up against each other in the Rams uh, Colts game. H- how do you not want to play either one of these? Uh, Kyron Williams could have had a big PPR night, uh, but Matt Stafford on those. Just missed every single check down he was going to on him um i don't think it was really williams fault i think stafford was just missing him left and right uh and for some reason they abandoned the run i don't know why because it seemed to be working every time i was watching uh the rams run the ball uh he, he should be in for a nice bounce back moss do we even need to think about spending up for for cash games i understand in tournaments you know a josh jacobs against the if alexander madison Can have a bunch of fantasy points against the Chargers. Maybe Josh Jacobs can too. I think Jacobs is a better running back. Just a lot of ways to dice it up. Uh, What are you thinking about at running back?
3: Yeah, in cash, I don't see how you don't play at least two of Kyron, Zach Moss, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is by far the most, like, he should be, he's got to be 6'5, something like that is probably what he should be. Uh, for all the reasons that you just said, like Gainwell was playing mostly in the fourth quarter. He plays their two minute drill stuff, which is a valuable role for running backs, but not really in the Eagles offense. They don't, they just don't throw to running backs all that much. I think they like Gainwell as a pass blocker. Um, but when they're running the ball and when they run it, well, Swift is going to be the guy It's I think they are seven and seven and a half, eight point favorites over Washington. Swift should have no, should have a huge game. Zach Moss just refuses to get priced up, even though he continues to get all the work for the Colts. Scott had nailed that one before the season, talking about how Moss was – the Colts love Moss. He was going to be the guy the whole time. Yeah, and Kyron Williams, the same thing. You're definitely – I don't – yeah, I don't see how you get off those guys in cash. And then, yeah, if you do want to get different in tournaments, Josh Davis makes a ton of sense, especially if Adams and Jacoby are chalky and as a, as a nice leverage play. Um, Tony Pollard continues to be interesting. He gets a ton of um, uh, red zone work. He is getting more snaps than he's ever gotten before. It just hasn't shown up yet. Uh, they should they should handle New England pretty easily coming off a loss. Uh, but, yeah, those are probably my two top favorite expensive guys. Scott,
1: what do you think about running back real quick?
2: Uh, yeah, I love Tony Pollard. Uh, he... Last year he ranked ninth in fantasy points per game while ranking 28th in XFP per game. Right now he ranks eighth in fantasy points per game while ranking first in XFP per game. Uh, he was due for like a negative regression last year. Now he's due for a positive one. Uh, I don't see why he shouldn't be same price as Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and then the best value beyond that to me is Kyron Williams, who's playing 100% of the team snaps. He's seeing a similar target share to what we'd expect from Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, this Rams offense looks exciting. Um, should be way more than 6K. And then and then Chris nailed all the other values.
1: All right. So uh, that's a. Real brief look at DFS uh, on a Tuesday night. There'll be plenty more shows here on Roto-Grinders. Plenty more stuff over at Fantasy Points as well as the week progresses. Uh, all right. What I want to do now is I want to go into some of the tools on Fantasy Points because this stuff is this is where I live basically now. Uh, we used to have the uh, Gridiron IQ at Roto-Grinders, but that's gone. And I replaced that with Fantasy Points. And as good as Gridiron IQ was... Uh, there's just so much more on the fantasy points data tools. Uh, what I wanted to bring up today, uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, uh, I would encourage you to maybe check out the YouTube feed just to see what you're missing out on. Uh, well, we've got the O-line, D-line matchups, and I want to talk to Chris on these. I can get some rush grades, pass grades, uh, some other statistics as well. Uh, what teams stand out uh, very early in the week is having an advantage. And a lot of uh, I want to give you guys props. Some of the things don't update around the industry at uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, when you get access to some of the stuff, you guys have this up on, on Tuesdays.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Maybe
1: even Mondays. I didn't check yesterday.
2: Well, if you like this tool, you have uh, you have Chris to Thank this was this is his baby. The, the right, rushing of the, right the right man. Right I just
1: man. I guessed. I'm 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 talking to the right man on it. Yeah we uh, yeah this is so yeah the way
3: this tool kind of worked. We basically came up with an adjusted yards before contact per attempt for offense and defense. Basically just kind of gets rid of some of the noisy plays. QB sneaks, QB kneels trick plays we want to know like how teams run the ball and defend the run uh and then on the passing side we use our pressure rate over expectation which just kind of factors in the time to throw and you know the longer a qb is taking the throw the more likely it is that the defense is getting a pressure so you basically come up with an over expectation metric of how often teams should be getting pressure based off of the qb's time to throw And
2: you Uh, you could filter by all those within the tool. So if you want to see the best offensive lines by adjusted yards before contact or the best by pressure rate over expectation, yeah, yeah, you could just
3: do that there. Yep. Yep. So then the grades then basically take, take those things and then compare them across league averages and then compare the matchups to each other and you, and it spits out a grade. So on the, on the rushing side of thing, uh, the one that probably pops out the most to me is probably the new England Patriots going against Dallas. New England's ran the ball pretty well this year. Nothing crazy. Stevenson hasn't had a huge game by any means. Dallas is just so much more dangerous uh, when, when the opposing QB drops back to pass, I would expect the Patriots to try to establish the run here as best they can. Um, They, they match up well in the trenches from that standpoint. So if they have a shot at winning this game and don't get behind quick, it could be a nice day for Stevenson. Um, the the bills rank really well eagles is suspected a lot of the teams these teams we kind of know the cardinals popping a little bit against the niners is interesting uh we saw the giants kind of hang around with the with the niners last week even though it didn't really ever feel close um and we just saw the cardinals beat the cowboys and a lot of that was james cronner running really well so if the cardinals are kind of kind of staying in a game that's it's probably going to have to come in on the run side of things um there's not all the negative rush grade matchups are pretty obvious. It's, it's a lot of the teams you would kind of expect to see that haven't been running the ball well this year, the Texans, Giants, Ravens, Bengals. none of those none of those are like super shocking names. On the, on the passing side of things, um, if there's a week that Joe Burrow figures it out and we see him kind of look like his old self, it's going to be this week against the Titans, who we've known as a pass funnel team for, for a long time now. Uh, he shouldn't have to do- be dodging a lot of pressure in the pocket His the Bengals haven't been blocking extremely well. They do have a, you know, they're close to zero in pressure rate over expectation, which you, you want to be, um, you want to be more negative when you're the offense. It means you, you, you don't give up as much pressure as you should. Uh, so not, they're not a crazy blocking team, but the Titans just have not been good at getting to the QB this year either. Um, the packers versus the lions stands out but i think the packers are a team that are kind of fooling people they've played the falcons saints and bears so far who are all new if not they're all bottom half of the league in pressure rate over expectation so i don't think the packers are as good at pass protecting as they have been they just had really nice matchups to start the year and the lions on the other hand Have been really good rushing the passer with Aiden Hutchinson and the rest of their defensive line, so I would look for that to potentially be, you know, flip flip the script a little bit based off what the what the
1: grades are saying. Yeah, I've seen uh, you know uh, other O line D line tools, and uh, this one definitely uh, has my interest. is probably looking like the best one I've ever encountered. So uh, thanks to you for putting it together for the fantasy points, uh, because uh, absolutely love this. Uh, I wanna Scott, I wanna go to you. Let's go to your baby the Bell Cow report. Uh, I've got week three pulled up here. Let's take a look at what happened last week. What happened? What can we use for week four? What really stands out? Expected Alexander Madison. Now we know he underproduced because he's absolutely horrible. Uh, that that looks like what are we what are we gonna do with him? Are we gonna need to know? Hey, coach speak, what's Cam Akers doing this week? Can we ride Madison? How are we going to handle that? And then what else are we looking at here? Oh, you're on mute, Scott.
2: So 26.9 expected fantasy points. That basically means if Alexander Madison was like a perfectly league average running back, he would have scored 26.9 fantasy points. He would have broke the slate. The issue is he's pretty below average. Um, But I mean, it's not just that the volume's great, the raw volume. It's also the usage. You see that 80% snap share, 83% of the carries, a 14% target share, incredible usage, incredible volume. And so you can make a case for him in DFS. You could say he's due for regression and, you know, have a big game. I think what's more likely is he's in the doghouse and, you know, it's they're going to give Cam Akers a shot and it's going to be a committee situation. Um, I think that's probably what's going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me if, if he was, you know, he posted a, a pretty, uh, a ceiling game at, at low ownership this week. I, I wouldn't play him personally, but clearly that volume's there and it's enticing. Uh, you could sort by XFP percent percentage. You could sort by snap percentage. I really like running backs who don't, share the backfield with anyone else. And so you'll see Kyron Williams, 100% snap share, Uh, Rashad White, 91%, Tony Pollard, 87%. Uh, So really this is their backfield just about all to themselves. If you wanna go to the filters over to the left, you can filter, you go to play, you can filter for uh, yards to goal. You can look at just inside the red zone. and hit apply. See uh, if, if you do that, uh, you'll see that uh, Travis Etienne, his snap share plummeted inside the red zone. You'll see the same thing happen to James Cook. Uh, those guys often get pulled inside the red zone. Um, you could also look at it by quarter. So if you want to go to yards to goal and then, and then uh, fix that one. All right. Yeah. So just, uh, no, just take out the fourth quarter one, two, three, and we'll look at the eagles, but uh, get rid of the uh, the red zone stat you
1: just did. There we go. I'm getting better and better. You're getting you're getting good. Hit <laughs> get apply. It's and just then, amazing uh, to be, that you can actually filter all this stuff so quickly.
2: And there's like a million filters, so like yeah. e- exponential data to play around with. And then uh, just type in eagles into the search bar. And so this is a question for Chris, because he is an Eagles fan. He'd know better than me. What was with Gainwell getting all that usage in the fourth quarter? Was it because he's the two, uh, the two minute drill back, or was it just because the game wasn't really all that competitive?
3: Uh, yeah, I think you just nailed it. He, he is definitely the two minute back that dates back to last year. And it seems to be continuing this year. I I think it's a, even though they didn't need to pass the ball a lot, they were just passing a good amount in that game last or or whatever, whatever night we're on. Yeah. Last night. Um, They, I don't, I don't think they like swift and pass protection as much as game. Also, I think he just happens to be on the field more um, for those situations. He's also their like short yardage back, which doesn't make a ton of sense considering he's one, probably one of the smaller backs in the league, but for some reason they seem to like him in that role. But, yeah, that, that's what the, the difference is, is he's their two-minute guy, he's their short yardage guy, and then the game got out of hand in the fourth quarter, and they just, I think, said Swift
1: did enough already. Yeah, that game, the Eagles could have won that game, but maybe not Miami level, but that could have been a 40-point game for the Eagles last night. They just absolutely dominated Tampa Bay for the first three quarters in that one. Uh, so there's a quick look at a couple of tools behind the paywall uh, on the Fantasy Points data suite. Uh, absolutely amazing. Scott, how much is this stuff? It's, it's way too cheap, dude. On mute again. I know I always do that. Damn (laughs) it. Yeah. Everyone says the same thing. Uh,
2: Dan back said the same thing. Uh, JM to win said the same thing. So it's, uh, it's 50 bucks. So it's, it's 75% off its typical price, but for this year, you can get it for just 50 bucks. Uh, it's the coolest thing in the world. Uh, super accurate data, more Uh, data to look at. And then it's like exponentially more than anyone else when you factor in all the various uh, filter and split options. Uh, It's been a godsend for me and my work. I I get my work done so much more quickly. Uh, So check that out. And also, um, if you want to purchase a Fantasy Points premium subscription for uh, DFS and betting and college football, we have amazing college football projections. Uh, We're running a promotion for 25% off. That's Gurific 25 G U. Are are I don't know terrific, but the guru, <laughs> terrific. Uh, just just hit me up on Twitter if you if you can't. I don't think I out. could
1: spell terrific if you tried to make me do it either. So don't feel bad. I uh, have to type it out and then read it. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're gonna get to some bets, but before we do, I gotta tell you guys about our good friends at Ticketmaster. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action, and when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat, and their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com/NFL. Uh, all right, Scott is—he's uh, going to wait. Scott has been writing. All day, his fingers are tired. He's going to take a break from the bets. Uh, he can give some input on what he thinks here. I've already mentioned. I'm now, guys. Uh, I'm I'm eight and zero so far on the show this this year on the picks. Uh, I've had a good uh, three weeks over at Scores and Odds too. That's our sports betting app uh, over at Roto Grinders. So I already gave away my play of the week for sure. Is that Seattle plus one and a half going into New York? New York. Uh, getting, I think they'll have Thomas back. They might have Saquon back, but I don't even think it matters. Uh, I think New York ran very hot last year. And I think we're finally starting to see them come back down to earth this year. And I know Seattle's not really playing any defense, but uh, I think they're going to get Jamal Adams back. They're going to have a little bit better uh, defensive game plan, hopefully. Uh, And I, I just think their offensive the, the players at geno smith the wide receivers you got two good running backs they they're absolutely good at trounce whatever the giants are able to throw out on defense so getting the seahawks as an underdog is absolutely blasphemous to me uh i think scott agreed with that chris would you agree also
3: yeah i actually wish i made this one of my i must have just stopped scrolling before i got to the
1: prime time it's monday night right so you're just like eh, it's the last one i forgot it yeah yeah can't can't believe this one uh Chris, if you wanted to say what was your what's your best bet of the week?
3: Uh, I really like the Lions minus one and a half going up against the Packers. I kind of mentioned it earlier. I think the Packers have you know, they've played very low level teams in terms of the Falcons, Bears and uh, Saints. Uh, Fal- Falcons and Saints have looked good at times, but not really a high potent offense like the Lions have had this season. I think their defense the defensive line of the Lions is going to get after uh Jordan Love and bring that pressure rate over expectation down to a more reasonable amount for them. And I think I think the Lions are able to pull out the win there.
1: Scott, what do you think of that Green Bay and Detroit game? That's Thursday, correct? Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: Thursday
1: I- night, Thursday night football. Always great football on TV.
2: Yeah, that was another one that that surprised me. I don't know that I'd bet it, but uh I-, I don't think I was expecting it to just be uh them favored by one one and a half.
1: Yeah, I thought it might be. Well, with Christian Watson, Aaron Jones come back, uh, maybe adds a little bit of firepower to the Packers side. But uh, I think the Lions are a, a much better team. Uh, all right, real quick, a couple others I'm on. I'm on the Chiefs minus nine and a half. Uh, oh, wow. Basically, S- Scott, where uh, I d- I was looking through the filters and I couldn't find uh, a Taylor Swift filter for Travis Kelsey expected fantasy points. Are, are, are these going to go up or down? Because there's like, it could go up because he's, you know Mahomes is gonna to try to get him a touchdown every week, or it could go down because this is this is Taylor Swift, right? I mean, this is a big deal to a lot of people out there. How how do we work this into the models?
2: You're right. We need a, a Taylor Swift adjustment for sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I, I just think the Chiefs are gonna boat race Zach Wilson or Trevor Simeon or whoever whatever, whatever Twitter quarterback ends up uh, being their start. I think it's probably gonna be Wilson this week. We'll see. I, can you guys believe the Jets are just throwing in the towel on the season? They they went into this with Zach Wilson. They let Mike White get away. I, like, it makes no sense to me as an organization with a defense like that, with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, to just waste a season. And I think it's almost too late to turn it around.
3: Yeah, I, I have to. I can't. They must make a move at some point. I don't know. Like,
1: go go get Jacoby Brissett or something like that. Like, you got to try something. Can, can you even do that? Like, what? What? what's the backup quarterback to go trade for him? It's not going to be, like, ultra cheap, is it, Scott? Uh,
2: I I, I really think that just, like, when you lose a quarterback, you're basically dead. I know you're an Eagles fan, Chris, so you can't agree with that because a backup quarterback won you the Super Bowl. But, like, uh, I don't know. It, it might just be in their favor to start Zach Wilson all year, get a high draft pick, get some offensive line help for a healthy Aaron Rodgers next year. Um, I I don't, I just don't see like a Trevor Simeon doing much like a Carson Wentz doing much better or the best available quarterback. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's their
1: season's over. The lost season. Um, Yeah. So I'm on the chiefs. uh, I got it at minus nine. It's minus nine and a half. Now the, like the chiefs defense under spags this year, it's been good. And like, I think their team totals, like 13 and a half or 14 and a half. I wrote in my wrote up right up at scores and odds. I'd be shocked if the Jets scored 17. They, they might not even score 10 against the chiefs. And you know, the chiefs are just going to, they're going to roll these bad teams with no offense, just like they did the bears. Now the jets have a much better defense than the bears, but the chiefs uh, are, are not going to lose this game. Uh, I see them winning this very, very easily. I'd be shocked if the jets are, are able to score too, too many points. Uh, and my other one is definitely going to be in the worst of the worst. Uh, By far, I mean, by far, the Bears are the worst team in the NFL and the Broncos are not. Uh, So Broncos minus three going into Chicago, the Bears season. There's so much going on with that team uh, between Justin Fields and the coaching between the defense. They literally have nothing. Uh, What did I write? Uh, As bad as the Broncos are, the Bears are clearly worse. They have no offense, no defense, no coaching, no game plan, no players that matter. Nothing. They literally have nothing. So I've got the Broncos minus three. Going into Chicago, uh, I think the Broncos. You know, they've they've shown a little bit on offense this year, and I think they're going to really be able to put it to this Bears team, who is just in a, a death spiral of a season, in my opinion. So those are my three. Uh, Chris, why don't you round out uh, with a couple more bets?
3: Yeah, I definitely looked at the ones you picked. I like those as well. Uh, I went with the the team that just upset the many team many people's number one power ranked team in the in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals plus fourteen. They just beat the Cowboys. That's a lot of points. Lot of points. Uh, we don't we don't see these those kinds of spreads in the NFL. And the the Niners let the Giants hang around in that game a lot last Thursday night. I I, I think the Niners are absolutely going to win the game. I think their defense is going to get after Josh Dobbs, but I I think the I think Purdy is, might make some mistakes here and there, miss some throws like he tends to do. I think the Cardinals can get within fourteen points there. Um, And then the the other one I got is Miami plus three. Tua is playing at an MVP level. I don't think we're going to see the Dolphins as an underdog for the rest of the season pretty soon. I I don't know exactly the rest of the teams they play, but Tua is playing at an MVP level. Mike McDaniel is having the coaching season of the year right now in terms of what what the offense is doing. They've got all like five of the fastest players in the NFL on their offense. Anytime I can get uh, Miami with plus points right now, I think I'm taking it. That's yeah, a great. Scott, call. You mentioned
1: the, you mentioned the Wizards, right? Mike McDaniel's he's the he's head wizard, right? Right now, in terms yeah. of being able to orchestrate an offense, and it's like he's uh, what did I, I think I saw it on Twitter? Uh, he's turned the NFL from a vertical game to a horizontal game with the fastest players. are literally uncoverable. You can't cover these guys across the field. That's it's impossible in today's game. What's your thoughts on that Bills game? I'm 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 staying away. If I was gonna do it, I would probably do Miami. But these are just this game could go either way. And I guess getting the points would probably be the way to take it. Do you have a, a take on what's gonna happen in that game, Scott?
2: Yeah, I, I think the Bills are just generally overrated. I think they're overrated on offense. They don't really have much beyond Stefan Diggs in terms of pass catching talent and You know, Josh Allen is way more mistake-prone than than I think people like to. You know, they they talk about him like he's close to the Mahomes tier, and his his week-to-week volatility is like far too high to to kind of be in that discussion for me. And their defense, I think, is overrated. Whereas with the Dolphins, they have a goat defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio and a goat offensive play caller, Mike McDaniel. I think as long as Tua stays healthy, this is the number one team in football by a margin.
1: Yeah. uh, And I think two is what? Plus two people were mocking that he was like plus 500 to win MVP. Now he's like plus 300. Uh, So yeah, I have been on board since uh, day one. I've been on the dolphins, I think every week on scores and odds. Uh, I haven't decided yet if I wanted to write that in there, but if I was going to, I would probably uh, get on your side, Chris, with the Miami team. Uh, anything crossing your mind scott or can uh, i got a couple fantasy pick-ems me and chris were looking at as well You want to get get to those all right so uh what i hate some of these uh they come out and then they move the they move the numbers on me so uh, i had christian mccaffrey at 80 and a half rush yards this was this morning it's up to 86 and a half now uh and I, I i really like the 80 he's gone over it in three in all three of his games including last week when it was a blowout and when they were going to spell him a little bit more and if Chris likes Arizona to keep this game maybe a little bit closer, you're probably going to be – you're going back to workhorse CMC, I think, in this game. So the 80-and-a-half I got. I still would take the over on the 86-and-a-half, uh, but I really like that. This was on prize picks. A couple other ones. I like to do the five picks on prize picks and underdog. It just gives you the best odds overall. Uh, so I'll rattle off the best rest of mine. I got a Minnesota stack, Kirk Cousins and Jordan Addison taking uh, the overs on those. Cousins, 283-and-a-half yards. Addison, 51-and-a-half. Uh, what do you got justin jefferson's uh he was up to 103. do we take the overs on the 100 plus re- receiving yards on this i mean he's crushing it every single game w- what do we think once these line the the numbers start getting up there so high tyree kill was still just a little bit under hundred I-, I get a little scared when i see hundred yeah that's
3: that's a tough that's a tough number to bet the over on uh especially you know i, I talked up the panthers pushing the vikings potentially in that game but Man, one hundred three is a is a big number, but man, if there's a guy to do it, it's it's probably Jefferson. Tyreek has a little bit more volatility to his game that makes him fluctuate. Although against the Bills and what should be a shootout, I probably would prefer Tyreek's over than Jefferson's. But yeah, that's a that's a tough number to play.
2: I wish I could bet like under fifty and get like bonus odds. You know what I mean? Like just like wide receivers are just so inherently volatile where it just like with with Jefferson it feels like a 70% chance he goes over 100 and then like a 30% chance he's under 50 which hap- he he did that multiple times last year.
1: Yeah, that's uh he did that six that, times last year. Yeah, and and a-
2: every other game was 98 or more. Wow, that's yeah. crazy.
1: <laughs> Addison's at 51 and a half. Uh, his snap share, his target rate, uh, everything's going up from week one. So uh, I went with that instead. Uh, I got Kenneth Walker, 62 and a half against the Giants. I know there's Zach Charbonnet coming and he's getting more snaps, but 62 and a half, that's like one run from Kenneth Walker. Could be, uh, if you look at the expected fantasy points, I mean, his his role is very secure right now in the Seattle yeah,
2: offense. W- with Walker too, the split might just be like a touch count thing. Where like he, he had, Walker saw the most touches He's had all season last week um and then of course like charbonnet had 40 of the snaps but it's also like you know they went way more run heavy because they were controlling game script which they should do against the giants
3: they ran a so, ton of plays in that game too like they're I, yeah. they probably just didn't want walker
1: to to get too many touches yeah that's 62 and a half that's not a
2: problem you. for a boy zach moss though 30 carries <laughs> <what up?
1: laughs> yeah moss was a, a great play uh last week and i'm gonna round out my five pick uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Lamar Jackson. Uh, Scott, I'll th- I don't know, You pre- maybe you guys saw on the sheet. His rush number is 46 and a half, and he's been hovering in the 50s. And I know it's Cleveland, but they're not, like, I, I went through his game log, and there are some absolutely monstrous rush games for him against Cleveland. And you're, they're not going to be able to run the ball with, like, Justice Hill and Melvin Gordon. It's going to be Lamar Jackson throwing, scrambling run plays uh, against Cleveland this week. I thought that was a little low.
2: Yeah. Chris, do you know off the top of your head um, how often Cleveland plays man? They're one of like the top six defenses, right? Yeah. They're one of the top six defenses uh, in terms of man coverage. So I think that's a great bet on Lamar Jackson. Mobile quarterbacks run more against man coverage than zone coverage because uh, defensive backs turn their backs to the corner to run with the receiver uh, and it just clears out a lot of room for the, the quarterback to take off. So I think that's a great call. Also, more pass rush too. You can make him uh, more likely to to flee the pocket. And and we saw week one. He had like one design rushing attempt. J.K. Dobbins goes down, and now he's averaging like nine point five. So, I think that's a super sharp bet, Brett. Bet, yeah, for that,
1: <laughs> <laughs> bet, for, yeah. That one it just looked uh, way too low at first glance. And I, I don't have the uh, the Excel spreadsheets. I don't have the sims. I don't have the uh, data science like Chris. Uh, I'm just looking at and it's uh, Lamar Jackson's at 46 and a half. It seems a little low. Uh, that was basically my my thought process. looked at, looked at the numbers behind the scenes. Um, but Chris, you got anything, Scott, from the the fantasy pick'em, or are we we gonna wrap it up here, guys?
3: Uh, I think we're good.
1: All right. So uh, I want to give you guys uh, Graham and Jake. Get well. We will see you guys next week. And uh, a big uh, round of applause for uh, the CEO and Chris showing up on on. Quick, do, quick call uh, to be able to fill in for them and keep the show going. So I appreciate it. Give Chris a follow. Uh, you probably already follow Scott. Uh, check out Fantasy Points. Check out the data tool and have a lot of fun. Uh, for both of them, Chris and Scott, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you.